0: I was realizing, you know while I was practicing this song, and um, I just realized that Jesus loves us just so much more. You know, even, everything I'm fe- I feel for Sonica, all the love I feel for her is absolutely a fraction of the love of Jesus for his bride. And um, that's my desire this morning that we would, we would realize that we will we'll get a revelation of, of how much he loves us. And you know, when, you, when you experience His love, it is not hard to let go of our stuff. It's not hard to let go of our things. And so this morning, also I also want to say that Jesus loves you more than you can imagine. He absolutely loves you more than the, the best human love on the face of this planet. The love of Christ is a hundredfold more. So we speaking about generosity and uh, we also handed out these little envelopes, envelopes of the last few weeks. And this is Viance, our boy, seven-year-old. This is his little thing. And, he, and yesterday, he ticked off his things, and he, from his own Jesus money, he gave 24 rand to missions, 32 rand to the bus fund, and 11 rand to the body serve. But at first, he was very confused. He didn't know what, because he, he just said, missions is very important, so he wanted to give everything for missions, and then we spoke at the bus fund, said, yo, that's a lot of money, so I must give something to the bus fund. And, and look, Jesus, or, or mommy, what, what, about, what, what about the poor people? And so I said, no, no, that's for body serve, body serve account. So he's put it in there. So I just want to show you if a seven-year-old can do it, you can do it too. Amen. Okay, so I want to share with you about generosity that begins at the house of God. And uh, so the, 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 the purpose of this generosity challenge is to, to go through them and to tick them off. You can, see, you can see my tick marks, but I'm around 20 already out of 30. I must confess I had help from my amazing wife, but uh, I'm going for it. And it is such a blessing to actually sit down and think, well, who can I bless? Who can I, who can I, who can I be generous with? You know, it does something to your own heart. So generosity begins at the house of God. And why, why do we want to be generous on a, on a few different levels? On the one hand, when we are generous, we look like God because He's a generous God. Okay, so you, we want to be generous because we look like Him. And on another level, generosity is, as I said, that response of the love of the Father. So this morning, I'm going to share a few things that might make some of us uncomfortable, but I promise you it wasn't more uncomfortable than singing from the stage. Uh, it won't be more uncomfortable but I heard the story of a guy, he said <clears throat> he heard of an old guy, old man sitting in his comfy chair and his dog was next to him and then he would stroke his dog just gently stroke him, but he was stroking the wrong way the head was looking that way and he was, was it the other way around his head was looking that way and he was stroking like that. So all the hair, hair was ruffled up and standing on end. And it was, it was like the dog looks awkward. Why are you doing that? Why are you stroking the dog like that? And the old man's response was, well, this is how I stroke. If the dog wants it differently, he must turn around. <laughs> And I think it's the same thing when it comes to speaking about finances. It's like there are more than 2,000 scriptures in the Bible about finances. There are so many scriptures about stewardship. Uh, Jesus spoke more about finances than almost any other thing. For a very reason, he's after our hearts. So when we speak the word of God and the heart of God and what God is speaking, it might feel to you like we're stroking you the wrong way turn around, turn around, (laughs) and it will feel better. What do I mean? There's something that needs to shift on the inside of us. It's called repentance. It's something that happens, you know, before we became Christians. It's like a whole bunch of stuff that really worked us up before becoming a Christian. And then after you became a Christian, it's like, oh yeah, I'm actually, you know, awesome. The the issue has been settled in our hearts. So I want to take you to a, to a few things that I believe re- reveals that generosity begins at the house of God. And if you're visiting us today, sit back, relax, chill. I'm more speaking to the people that are, consider themselves part of this congregation. Okay, so if you're visiting us, breathe out. It's okay, okay? No one's going to force you to give, never feel you have to give, but I want to ask you to open your heart and to allow the love of God to move in and, and see what the response would be when the love of God touches you. So that's what I'm going going to show you from Scripture. And I also want to give an opportunity, the end of this meeting this morning, if you do not have a relationship with Jesus, you have not surrendered your life to Christ. I'd love to, I'd love to pray with you. OK, So there now probably a bit awkward, but uh, it's OK. Now you know. Okay, so let's look at Jesus' words. Let's start with Jesus, and we're going to work it through. Luke chapter 16, verse 11 to 12. Jesus saying, Therefore, if you've not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Say true riches. And if you've not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? Now listen to this. It says, Jesus is saying, true riches. If you want true riches, what is true riches? It's not money. True riches is you pray for someone with a back problem for many, many years and God heals them. That's true riches. True riches is to have the grace on your life that someone that lives in darkness and far from God, they, that the grace of God comes upon them, they see the light, they turn to Jesus and their life is turned around. That's true riches. Not one of us are here this morning for money. We are here for true riches. We want to encounter God. We want to encounter His love. We, we want an open heavens. We want East London to be transformed. We want a, a renewal, an awakening to happen in the city. I believe that's what God has called me to, to r- pursue revival. Where, where multitudes will flood into the kingdom. Jesus is saying, if you want that then something else needs to happen. How you work with your money. Isn't that weird? Jesus' own words. He says There if you've not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, money, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Who will? Because God is saying, I I surely won't. If you can't even be faithful with earthly, worldly things, how can I give you eternal things, truly glorious things? This life is unbelievably short. Physical things mean very little, but it does influence our hearts. The way we work with our money is is, so it points to where our hearts are at. And so Jesus is saying, and if you've not been faithful, what is another man's? Who can, who will, who will give you what is your own? Jesus is also saying that obedience in this realm. Qualifies for a level in in the spirit that we can be trusted with eternal heavenly blessings. Say Amen. <laughs> but the key is to understand His love, His generosity. So I'm going to take you to Malachi. We're going to I'm going to speak about tithing. Woohoo! But from a different angle that I'm sure I don't, I'm sure you've not heard it from from this angle. In the book of Malachi, the prophet Malachi gave us amazing New Testament concepts. Like It's the last book in the Old Testament. And at the end of the book of Malachi, he speaks about the hearts of the fathers turning to the sons and the hearts of the sons turning to the fathers. It's a New Testament concept. And also, he then confirms, in a sense, what Jesus um, said in the, in the previous verse I shared with you. So let's look at it. Malachi 3. So Malachi basically says... That, he gives us a few keys for financial breakthrough but also for spiritual breakthrough. Now this is the key. And as we want to move to. To spiritual breakthrough. Let me ask you this question. Would you like to see Jesus transform East London? Hmm? If you want to, raise your hand. Obviously we want. We want to see him. I've been hearing so many stories amongst the youth and the school's and the chaos amongst the youth, the high school kids, it is, it is horrific. You see, but if we want to achieve that goal, there's something that needs to happen on the way there. We will not be able to see revival. We won't be able to see thousands coming into the kingdom or hundreds coming into the kingdom as God wants to, unless something shifts on the inside of us and it comes to money. So let's look at this. Malachi 3, verse 8. Will a man rob God? You have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. Tithe is a tenth of your income. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. And then, this is beautiful. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, the house of God, that there may be food in my house. And then God says, try me now in this. It's the only place in the Bible that God says, test me. No other place does he say, test me. And we're forbidden to test God. But in this case, he says, not try me in this, test me in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I, that's not speaking about just physical blessing. That speaks of spiritual blessing. That speaks of hearts turning to God. That speaks of an open heavens spiritually. Even as we sang this morning, open heavens, let it rain. God, we longing for you. This is what we desire. And so God is saying... When it comes to your tithes and your offerings, offerings is above that 10%. When it comes to that, when we walk in obedience to God in that, something shifts on the inside of us and something shifts in the heavenlies. And that makes me excited. Because I'm not losing something, I'm accessing what I'm actually looking for. I want more of God. That's it. I want more of God. And so he speaks in the first, let me read the last verse there, verse 11. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. So God is saying, I'm going to protect you, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to rebuke the devourer for your sakes. And I'm going to mention that again in a bit. But it says, so so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. So God is saying, you, you know, God loves us. His heart is for us. He's a loving father that wants to protect us and bless us beyond our imagination. But there are certain principles and laws that we need to activate or access to experience that. You see... It's the devil that wants to keep money and resources away from the people of God and the church of God. There's a war around resources because the enemy knows if we as the people of God are bound by debt, if we don't have sufficient resources, we can't be as generous as God has called us to be. We can't bless others as he has called us to. And then he says also there won't be food in his house. Do you know what food means? Food speaks for me of a revelation downloads from heaven revelation knowledge seeing him understanding him a generous only a generous house will access the spirit of revelation where god is truly present where we encounter him like never before but there's something that needs to you see our money shifts our hearts i think that's the one of the main things we need to understand and we can act we can access all these amazing things in the spirit So Malachi says, the tithe, and then the offering as well, is linked to spiritual breakthrough. It's linked to spiritual breakthrough. And that's all of our desire. We want more of God in our midst. We access an open heavens, and He will rebuke the devourer for our sakes. The thing is, you and I can't buy the blessings of God. We can't. But to go where we need to go, we must be generous. We must be generous. We must, because it leads our hearts and it opens the floodgates of heaven. Look in the book of Acts, this massive revival at the the founding, the launching place of the church. Those people gave exclamation. Extravagantly, way beyond 10%. They gave houses away, lands away. No one told them to do it. We'll never tell anybody to do that. But it was the Holy Spirit that moved upon their hearts to give. And then that revival went next level. Life is short. Who cares about physical stuff if we can have heavenly, eternal things? And that's where my heart is at. God, I'll, I'll, I'll do anything. I'll sacrifice anything if I can know you better. And if my stuff is in the way, let it go. Let it go. Okay, so look at this. I want to take you to Old Testament story. So many people feel the tithe originates in the law of Moses. And then they say, well, obviously we're not in the law of Moses. Don't need to do it. The truth is the tithe originates 400 years before the law of Moses. With who? With Abraham. Abraham, the father of the faith. And then he met this amazing guy, a priest called Melchizedek. And in the book of Hebrews, it explains who this guy is. And it says he had no beginning and he, he had no end. He was a type of Christ. So it's like Jesus appeared to Abraham in the Old Testament. Abraham put his faith in God. And the result of this faith in God says was, I'm going to give a tenth of the spoil. I'm going to give a tithe to Jesus, Melchizedek. So Abraham... That's where the tithe comes from. And then we can see that his son Isaac probably tithed as well. And then we get to Jacob, the grandson, and he had this amazing God encounter. And it ties in two things for me. The one that it ties in, the beauty of the house of God. And on the other hand, the response to encountering the goodness and the love of God. Okay, so the tithe is 400 years before the law of Moses. It originates with the father of the faith, Abraham. The New Testament says, and you and I, we are sons and daughters of Abraham. The New Testament says, do the same deeds as Abraham, which includes trusting in God and tithing. As a starting point of giving, we should move way beyond that, but it's a starting point. Okay, so let's look at this amazing story of the grandson of Abraham actually like being converted, coming to Christ in an Old Testament context. So this is amazing. This is really powerful. Look at this. Genesis 28 verse 12. Jacob has fled his home. He's on his way to family uh, in another part of the, of, the, of the region. And then he was in the middle of nowhere and he fell asleep. And then it says this in verse 12. Genesis 28 12. Then he dreamed and behold a ladder was set up on the earth. And its top reached to heaven, and there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Now what's amazing is Jesus, in the New Testament, in the book of John, reveals himself as to be the ladder that connects heaven and earth, and you will see angels ascend and descend. So again, Jesus is right here in the middle of it. Verse 13, And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham your father. And the God of Isaac. So God is revealing himself now to the grandson of Abraham. Say, I'm the Lord of God of Abraham, your father and the God of Isaac. And now God blesses him. This is the place of blessing. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. So I'm going to physically bless you with this land. Then verse 14. Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and the east, to the north and the south, and in you and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And then verse 15. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. Does that sound familiar? And will bring you back to this land. And he says, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. And when I read that, I'm reminded of the words of Jesus at the end of the book of Matthew where he says, And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So there's covenants happening here. There's, there's something profound happening here where God is saying, I'm going to bless you physically in the natural. Because, you know, poverty is not of God. Do you know that? It's not to be spiritual to be poor. When Jesus died on the cross, he broke the power of sin and sickness and poverty. Not going to make all of us millionaires. But he broke the power of poverty because he knows what what poverty does to us. It destroys us. It hamstrings us. It keeps us from being able to follow God. So, he says, I'm going to bless you physically. Then he says, I'm going to bless you also spiritually, your descendants. And through your descendants, the nations of the earth will be blessed. The nations will be blessed through your seed. And then he connects it to this next place. Look at this, verse 16 to 18. It says, Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. First time in the scriptures it's mentioned the house of of God first time and in the same sentence it says this is an awesome place and this is the gates of heaven the house of God the house of God is not a building you and I we are the house of God and God's heart has always been for his house to be a place where those who do not know him can meet with him and those who need healing in their bodies are healed and those who need breakthrough in their souls can experience that breakthrough the house of God is supposed to be an awesome place. Say it. Let's say it. Awesome place. That's his heart. You see, the, the house of God in a New Testament context is the bride of Christ. His bride. Jesus loves his bride. And he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build my church. Because my church is the solution to the problems of this world. Do you know that? Jesus is the answer to the problems in this city. But it's through his bride. It's through his church. It's through you and me. We are the solution. And so in this Old Testament story account, Jacob has this God encounter that rocks his world, rocks his life. The covenant is established again. And, and then he has this amazing revelation. The house of God is an awesome place. The house of God is a place where heaven meets earth. Oh, that's our, that's our heart. That's our desire. That when you and I, when we gather or live, whether in a small group or whatever, that that would be the house of God. That that would be an awesome place. That God would be present. But you know what is key? The inside. Our hearts. And when we talk about finances and we get worked up, can I be honest with you? Something's wrong. Unless... I also get worked up. When they manipulate and they scheme and they pressure you into giving so you can get the anointing. Now that absolutely freaks me out. Okay, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being encouraged to honor God with that which he has placed us with. If that works us up, something is not right on the inside. And then we need to start and to say, okay, God, something needs to happen. This dog, you're not a dog, but this dog needs to turn around. (laughs) Something needs to shift on the inside so that we can value eternity and not hold on to our things. Do you know that the more money you have, they've they've looked at the stats, the more money we have, percentage-wise, the less we give because we hold on to it more. We hold on to it more. And so for, for all of our hearts to be in that good place with God, we, we, need to, we need to turn to the Lord in this and surrender our finances to Him. Okay, so Genesis 28, verse 19 to 20, 22. So he has, he's had this amazing revelation. He's blown away of what's happening, what he is experiencing right now. And then verse 19. And he says, and he called the name of that place Bethel. And verse 20. Then Jacob made a vow. Now listen to this, saying, If God will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going... And give me bread to eat and clothing to put on, so that I come back to my father's house in peace. Then the Lord shall be my God. The Lord shall be my God. So he had this God encounter. And he's saying, God, if you look after me, you're my God. And then verse 22. And this stone, which I have set as a pillar, shall be as God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. Isn't that Amazing. Why that response? Because he probably got it from his grandfather, the father of the faith. And now he's experiencing the goodness of God, he's experiencing the love of God, and his response is, God, if you're my God, tenth of everything is yours, at least. That's a good starting point. The tithe, 10%. It's not a lot to ask. It's not a lot to ask. And so in the New Testament... Uh, In in that specific verse, I don't think it's coincidence that the word, the the bit of the house of God and the tithe is mentioned in the same sentence. Because it's always been connected. As Malachi says, bring the tithes into the storehouse. Bring it to the place where you're growing. Bring it to the place where you're having community and fellowship. Invest it there. And then 1 Timothy 3.15, New Testament context, the apostle Paul then brings clarity on the house of God of the Old Testament in a New Testament context. And he says, you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the, in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. So Apostle Paul was saying, guys, the house of God, New Testament is the church. And the church is the pillar and the ground of the truth. The church is the only way society will be transformed through Jesus Christ. I see this over and over again. You can lead someone to Jesus, but if they don't get slotted into a fellowship of believers who look after them, they backslide. All of them. I promise you. God's way is to have a community of people that love God, love one another, and we are the solution. We are the solution. The church in this city is the solution to every problem we have. Amen. Amen. Come on, we need to know that. We need to know all our hearts. You're not called to live outside of a church family. So keep on seeking. Keep on pursuing until you find a church family where you feel loved and and accepted and, and you feel you're growing and maturing in the Lord. Pursue that with all your heart. So I heard this quote. A guy called Dick Joyce said, The tithe is our rent payment, living on his planet, breathing his air because it's his planet and it's his air. And then he says "And you don't want to be evicted. (laughs) You don't want to be, we're in trouble we're going to go to one planet. And so, so the tithe, the 10% is not mine, it is the Lord's. And I give to him because I love him. I give to him because I'm, I'm in relationship with him. I give to him because I trust him. And we give, Way beyond that. But that's the starting point of being in relationship with the Lord. So, almost finished. Malachi 3.10 again. Just want to highlight that again about the true riches. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. So many of us here are tithing but and giving more than the tithe. But we're not activating our faith. We're not standing on the promises of God. You're not just supposed to be like a robot. I'm just going to give it every month. Just do it, you know. You must actually activate your faith and say, God, I'm giving into your house. I am honoring you. I am blessing your your bride. I am giving with faith because I am trusting you for an open heavens. Open the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. God, I want all of, I thank you that my giving is opening the heavens for more of you. So I want to encourage you to start doing that. When you give in whichever way you do physically or Electronically actually activate your faith and say, God, I'm trusting, I'm standing on this promise of receiving more of you. Amen. So when we when we do this, we access the true riches and we experience the blessing of community. Okay, last verse I wanna I wanna read for us. Matthew twenty-two, seventeen, well-known passage where the, the Pharisees come and they try to trick Jesus. They tried to get him into trouble between Caesar paying taxes or not. And he was between a rock and a hard place. And then it says, they say in verse 17, Tell us therefore what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why do you test me, you hypocrites? Ah, Jesus is a lovely way with words there. Don't you think just you hypocrites? Show me the tax money. So they brought him a denarius, and he said to them, Whose image and inscription is this? They said to him, Caesar's. And he said to them, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. Is that amazing? So he stepped out of the problem, but then he declared, Give unto Caesar. Caesar's image is on that coin so give unto caesar what is caesar's but also give unto god what is god's and so in a jewish context that was the tithe god was saying give unto god what is god's it belongs to him but i want to take that one step further who is the image of god that's you and that's me we are made in the very image of god and Jesus said, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's, and give unto God what is God's. And Caesar's image was on the coin, and whose image is on us? God's. God's. So Jesus is saying, not just give the tithe, that's secondary. He's saying, give yourself to God. Give yourself to us. The enemy's plan is to get God's image out of us. He doesn't want the world to see Jesus in us. So he wants us to be corrupt. He wants us to be lustful. He wants us to be selfish. He wants us to be all the things that, that the devil is. He wants to get his image in us. And if we look at humanity, he's doing a good job in many places. But Jesus is saying, Now give unto God what is God so that God can get his image back into us. He wants to restore us. He wants to redeem us. He wants to heal our hearts. He wants to place within us his generosity. He wants to place within us his kindness and his goodness and his amazing sacrificial love. So give unto God what is God's. And I'm not talking about the tithe. I'm talking about your heart. Give Unto God. What is God? We live on His planet. We breathe His air. He gave you life. And so many people are trying to do life their own way. And it doesn't work so well, does it? Who's tried to do life their own way and it didn't work so well? Huh? Yes. There's only one way. And until we come to that point where we bow the knee before Jesus and say, Jesus, God, I belong to you. My heart, my life, my everything is yours. Then we step into that place where Jacob was. This is an awesome place. God is in this place. I'll follow you. That's God's heart. Give unto God what is God's. And the fact of the matter is when it comes to our money, It influences our hearts more than anything else. What we do with our stuff, our hearts follow. So when we give unto God, our hearts follow to God. Amen. So God loves us so much. I don't know about you, but I was just this morning, just thinking, even as we were worshiping, just coming with... Before God, with so much thanksgiving in my heart, like, God, thank you. Thank you for my beautiful wife. Thank you for for, for life in abundance. Thank you for my name is written in the book of life. Thank you that you took me out of darkness and you put me into light. Thank you you took me out of depression into a place of joy and peace and freedom. But to stay here, to stay here, we need to live generous lives. Because it sets us free. Amen. So, I want to take out the generosity challenge for those who got it now. I just want to highlight a few things. Let's cultivate a lifestyle. Let's cultivate a lifestyle of generosity. Number one says, invite someone in church you don't know for supper. So, Sonic and I, we're having supper with some people today at lunch. Awesome. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I hear you. It's lunch. Okay. But you understand what I mean. Attend the Money Matter Seminar. Many of you, about 70 or so attended yesterday. It was awesome. Pray with your spouse, your friend of your finances. Sonic and I, had a, we had a, a budget meeting. And we prayed over, we chatted through our finances and how we're going to up our giving to different people and we're going to and, and, and we prayed over our finances, it was really really special, have you prayed with your spouse have you prayed with a friend, really cool it's really special, draw up a budget number 7, take a, number eight. take a meal to someone who's going through a difficult time number 9 write a thank you card, email to your boss I did it I did it a voice note actually number 13 give a 20% tip to your waiter with a word scripture on a generosity blessing card, we've scheduled it for Friday, we're going for lunch, and we the happy waiter, happy waiter yes, we're going to see who's the lucky, lucky one <laughs> then surprise your spouse your best friend by singing for them in church number 15 tick number 18 bless your worst enemy by praying for him or her and doing good to him or her i've ticked it thank you jesus i've been stepping out i don't really have enemies but just someone doesn't like me but it's all good (laughs) number 20 give over and above your tithe to the show for bus fund want to buy a bus we're so excited about that seeing god's kingdom come Number 25, this morning, start tithing to your local church. And on that, I want to challenge you, if you've never done it, do it for three months. I remember us doing this, like, we don't talk about this often, eh? Last time was like five years ago or four years ago or something. So we don't talk about this every week, don't worry. But I remember the response from some of the people who began to tithe. They said, literally, their spiritual walk with God changed since they started giving. Instead of hoarding and holding on. So start tithing. Then number 28, I think is really a special one. Stand in faith with someone for a job or financial breakthrough. And that's what we're doing with many people in, or some of the people in Southernwood. Every week almost, I lay hands on people and I trust God for a, for a, for a job for them, for breakthrough for them. So let's go for it. Eh? Got two weeks left. If you make 80% of it, you can get a small gift. So there's something we're going to bless you with a little gift, okay? So go for it. If you haven't started, start now. You can do so much in a short amount of time. Amen.